the beats, the flow, the rhythm. All movements start from the streets. Streets saying our podcast. been a good day yeah I, I say that every day because i'm still here to say it's a good day mm-hmm. uh shit how you been johnny oh man it's been a beautiful day productive yeah. day yeah we got a little more to go the sun's still not down yes sir young guy what's good yeah mr international he's just smiling <laughs> we got a mr international that ain't been nowhere so we got to change it we got to make him earn that that rep we're gonna make him get that name you know, fuck Pitbull. No, I love you, Pitbull. Why why, why, why? You're right. <laughs> Sorry, Pitbull. We love you. Can we get some money? Uh, anyways, uh, we'll stop rapping, too. We just, just do worldwide pod and fuck hip hop. No. <laughs> man. This is a good day, man. It's Street saying our podcast. And uh, today, yeah. we got a good a good old guest. Yeah. A bubbly guest. Okay. One of my, <laughs> one of my favorite... Uh, DJs out here. Mm. I seen a tag that said your your favorite DJ's favorite DJ. Right. I'm gonna be a hundred though. That's like every DJ's tag. Who started that? Did you start it? I don't know. I just you just did it. I just did it. It was in the air. It was in the universe. You took it. Pretty much because all my all my mentors are old DJs and they're like, "What are you on?" And I was like, "Well, if I'm giving y'all music, that means I'm your favorite DJ then." So right. Mm. That's what I went with. <laughs> Poaching. Yeah, basically, basically. Yeah, man, we got we got uh, one of Omaha's finest on a way to legendary status, mm. and one of the only DJ name that might be rivaling my shit. We got DJ Crabrand Gucci in the building. Mm. <laughs> What's up, y'all? You giving your government? You don't got to. Shalice is oh. the first name. Yes, you can have that. That's all you got. Got a crab brand Gucci, man. So I'ma just start first. How the fuck you come up with that? What was that from? Talking shit, honestly. So <laughs> I had like a list of fake DJ names in my early twenties. Like I had Thought Pocket <laughs> instead of Hot Pocket. Shit would have worked right now. I know. I, you know what? Whatever, it's fine. I stuck I got a good one. Um so I was in Arizona at this restaurant and they had like fifteen dollar crab and goon. Mm. And I was like, Okay, like, why is this, like, what is this luxury Crab Rangoon? Like, what is this Crab Gucci? And it ended up on the fake DJ name list. And so when I started DJing, I was going by my name because I was like, Shalice is a cool name. Like, but no, people kept calling me Crab Gucci and it just kept going. So I was like, well, it's what the market wants. So if it markets itself, <laughs> so. Man, that's funny. So we just need um, Gucci to pick this up and put some crabs on their shirts and they owe you some money. They do. Six they points. They do. I'm out here. Just give me some some Gucci linen yacht. I'm good. I don't need any more than that. We talking linen dress, linen uh, old folks uh, top and bottom. What are we talking? Like basically Short like set. yacht linen. Like I'm trying to be on somebody's boat. <laughs> some Gucci linen, <laughs> some slacks, nice dress. That's it. Oh, yeah. So she know the vibes. Mm. I, I don't got no yacht money. Shit, we ain't got rowboat money. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we still, cra- we still ain't got a motherfucking P for hip hop. We still <laughs> we still hip hoxing in this bitch. <laughs> it looked cool though. And like, oh y'all with the y'all was like fuck the system. Sure, <laughs> sure, my guy. Out of money, <laughs> we ain't got the money. Y'all we, y'all give us some money. Subscribe anyway. So, just real quick, what was your uh, what's your background in DJing and music, and how'd you get into this? Mm, so I've I think I've been DJing like not knowing what it was until I look back. Cause when I was in high school and MySpace was around, like I was the one that was like searching through all the music pages, trying to see like, what's New York doing? What's, you know, LA doing? What's overseas doing? So I would have all this music and my friends would be in my car or we'd be hanging out and they're like, what's this, what's this? Mm -hmm. And then that's when people still made CDs and burnt mixed CDs. So I would just make friend CDs. And when I was doing it, I was like, well, what do I want to start with? Like when they hit track one, like what do I want that vibe to be? And so I would carry that vibe through each song. So it was like I was mixing, but like not DJ mixing, mixing. So basically it was just like a love for music and 
you know, giving people music and then getting older and going to clubs and going to raves, going to parties and all these DJs were like, what are you listening to? Like, I see what you post and what you select or what you share. And so I was just like doing that. And then I'd be at after parties after DJs would do their shows. And they're like, yo, hop on YouTube, hop on Spotify. What are you listening to? Play your stuff. And I was like, why am I just not making money doing this? So all the old DJs that I used to kick it with were the ones that taught me how to DJ. And it's been like 10 years. So Mm. back around 2012 or so, 2013. Yeah, because I was in the club at like 18, though. So like 2006, I was like at party. So even then I was, you know, feed music 2007, 2008, 2009. But it wasn't really until 2012 that I started actually mixing. And uh, that's dope. So I think we always get started by literally people asking, what what you playing? And having an ear first, because mm-hmm. that's kind of similar to how I got in the game. Just, but well before I didn't even start DJing until I was a full fledged damn adult, like here working a job. It's like, oh, I I just bought my first laptop. I want a DJ. But yeah, man, it's it's pretty cool. Um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I literally had a, a real question. Oh. So when you talk about the music and uh, what, and I heard you say raves and stuff. So um, what got you as a DJ, what is kind of your home base when it comes to music? Like what sounds particularly do you gravitate towards to really play? um, And, you know, what's your style? I'd say I'm not, I don't really have a home anywhere. I think that not genre wise, I don't have a home, but where I have a home most is music that evokes something in you that makes you feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. And you know, that could be a house song that could be, you know, that four to the floor sort of beat that makes you feel that like sort of like heartbeat. Or it could be like old funk and soul classics that grandma used to play, mm-hmm. you know, or it could be indie rock from, you know, the MySpace days. So I think my home base is mostly just finding music and playing music that makes you feel you feel that tingle when you listen to it you know man that's yeah no i hear you uh i don't know i ain't gonna lie i have a home unfortunately so (laughs) i stick i ain't gonna say stick but i grew up hip-hop but i grew up neo soul and i grew up nigerian high life music okay i automatically gravitate towards different sounds whether the afro beats the reggae which afro beats ain't nothing but african house so it's kind of cool. So I get a mixed bag as well. I recently got jumped in the country um, at a, a wedding that I had. To, <laughs> I had to do two country weddings. So um, what's his name? Man, is it Luke Bryan? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, he kind of go hard. I ain't going to lie to you. Listen, the, the country influences these days, like they are crossing over into some stuff where I was like, I love all music, but it kind of took me a little bit to kind of get into because mm-hmm. I was like, this is kind of some stuff that I'm not, I can't figure out where to go with it. Like, mm-hmm. am I like country back roads? Am I like Nebraska on 30th Street? Like, what am I doing with this mix of music? But it's it sounds good. It's still kind of not my mm-hmm. thing yet, but good change we'll see what happens yeah i got a, a homeboy who was here who kind of blew up in the last year uh paul Cawthon. have you heard of him he was uh i went to high school with him and he was he just performed at the slowdown and it was kind of interesting because he was here last year at a little dive bar did a couple nights and then he sold out the slowdown like weeks in advance i'm saying i'm like dude seen his billboard in new york i'm like yeah this is the same paul i went to high school with he got this big burly voice until you talk to him, he's like, "Hey, Jicky!" You're like, "Yo, what the fuck?" <laughs> it's just funny though. It's good. It's that's his singing voice. He making his money. Co- cocaine country dancing. Okay. And, and big velvet. Add those to the plate. How about you? Cocaine country dancing. All right. Let me put that in the repertoire. Yeah, that's a. Uh, it's right up there. It'll get them going. My God, I can't. They got the. That's what I tell people because, like, so I grew up with a lot of different kinds of music. Like, my grandma's an old white lady from Montana, but mm-hmm. she was doing old country, like, Patsy Cline country, oh. but also, like, old blues and stuff. But then, like, my grandpa, you know, he was old funk and soul, and my mom is neo-soul, gangster rap. Like, I got in her car the other day, and she was playing 8-Ball and MJG just <laughs> <laughs> on a Sunday, and I was like, cool. Like, this is how we roll in on the Lord's Day. So I got a lot of different influences, and, like, my dad was in local bands growing up here um in the 80s and 90s that was like prince and the revolution style Mm. and then he was kind of into rock too so i got that so i'm just kind of been all over the place so that's why i think i don't have like a set Mm -hmm. home base just because it's just there's always something for a different mood i think that's also why i started djing is because 
every kind of situation where it's like, okay, I'm in the car at sunset. I want to hear some like chill house music mm. or I'm going to my mom's house and I want to hear some like old neo soul or I'm going out to a rave. I want to hear hard techno, you know? So it's mm. just, for me, it's a mood and it's, it's a mood and it's a vibe every single time. Mm. So, and just getting off music a little bit. Um, you don't DJ full time, correct? It feels like full time, but right. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, not, not full time money. So uh, one, we gonna eight hundred dollars an hour. What <laughs> we going with? But uh, uh, so what is it that you do? Because I think you have a, a background in marketing. Yeah, so I work for the Omaha Symphony actually. So I'm their assistant director of sales and marketing. So basically, I do all the like campaign planning, the event promotions when we have guest artists come through. Um, like, how are we gonna tell the people that this is something tight to go to, or how do I get you know people to come to this composer they've never heard of? But then also, how do I make it accessible and give it equity since it's historically not included non-white folks with money? You know, mm-hmm. so that's what I do, eight to five, Monday through Friday. That's what's up. How has that background and experience um, helped you with even marketing? yourself and marketing um music how how is that world blended and kind of help catapult your dj career basically i just look at it like you know there's me as a person and then there's me as a product right Mm -hmm. so then i look and see over the years like what works when i do this event and these people get pulled in how does that work how do people you know attract to it how do people i guess kind of like feel about it and then i kind of run with it so if i know that you know people love this sort of event or style I'll do that more often um but also with it too it's just like I don't even think I really like market market myself Mm. as opposed to just be me for the most part because I think people already kind of drive with that Mm. and other than just saying hey come to this house and techno show even if you're not into it I'm not really doing more marketing than that to be honest it's just even all the gigs I do like it's word of mouth Mm. pretty much I don't have not done any like super promotions. I have not made any merchandise, which I know I'm like behind the game <laughs> on doing that. But I just I'm just me and sit and the people. Are your services for hire? Yes. <laughs> okay. So like after nine to five, when I'm not yeah. DJing, because I think that's an area that we've talked about a bunch. Um, just being in Omaha and being in this space, that I think there's a huge education curve that needs to come with understand marketing promotion mm. understanding um your audience and things like that and how to market to them and i think with your background that's a space that you know i don't want to say take advantage of but it can be utilized heavily right. in 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 all of our spaces because that's something we see from some of the bigger entities to the smaller on the grounds just starting out uh artists Yeah. Well, I think it has to do like when you look at marketing in general, it's about the market that you're in. Right. And so for me, I don't think that, you know, at our level of DJing or even the city of DJing that we're in, it's not necessarily like marketing as it is just foot on the ground, like in the community Mm -hmm. and going to events. Like I've got young DJs that are like, yo, since I'm trying to get like you, like, how do I get all these stuff? And I'm like, you just got to go support other people, like Mm -hmm. get to know the other musicians, get to know the venues, get to know the people that are in these spaces. So when you're, you know, coming into it, people get to know who you are. And then that way it's kind of like, okay, yeah, like I'm gonna let you hop on. Like, do you want to do this? Because honestly, that's kind of like how I started getting in the field of DJing anyway, was because I had older DJ dudes that were like, okay, come join me on this. And they're like, oh, you sound good. Can we get you next week for this? Mm -hmm. But it's because I was also at shows all the time, you know, and that's how I built up my own street. I didn't have to prove myself to anybody, any man, even because I had boots on the ground in these scenes for long before I was a DJ. So, Mm -hmm. so I think that's the most important thing I can give as a marketing perspective as a DJ, even locally, but also if you're just trying to get into your own scene and then start building, just get, Get to shows, mm-hmm. support other DJs, build connections, network, you know? For sure. Now, I'm with you on that one. I'm definitely with you. You got anything, Johnny? I'm just rattling them off. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm just enjoying the conversation. Um, I don't think we had a chance to ever meet before, so it's nice to meet you. Um, I think I heard about you, um, you know, uh, through the through the circuits, but I think one of the biggest things I heard about was last year, the Maha Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, how was that and how did that opportunity come about? So um, like another backstory to like my whole DJ career too, is I was also a music journalist for five years. Okay. So I have always kind of been again, intermixed in the music community. So I have a lot of like 
connections and contacts with people that throw all kinds of events, honestly. So I'd done some things at Maha, like on the like the festival ground side. So like with Benson First Friday, I did like a trailer party in their art trailer for like eight hours mm. a few years ago. Um, I've done like small pop-up parties for Maha, like when they did their announcement and stuff. And then they were just like, you know, we want to have a DJ at the festival. We're trying to figure out like what that looks like. Because, you know, we're not the city that's like, yo, we can bring Dead Mouse and people would come out. Like, there has to be some kind of, I don't know, sort of like integration of the DJ within like the actual music. So I was like, just do in between. If people aren't talking, like, do an in between DJ. And they're like, well, we've been trying to get you anyway. So why don't you just be our guest DJ for the festival this year? So, mm. yeah, no, that's dope. Um, and as far as marketing, like, how did you get into that field? Because a lot of times with the creative minds, you know, like there's the separation between left brain, right brain, convergent thinking, divergent thinking. Mm-hmm. How did you kind of get into the space of marketing? Uh, just being a du- like duality as a person, honestly, because I have that creative side, but I also have that rational realism side where I'm like, okay, like I'm not a rich white kid with money. Like I don't come from, you know, a trust background. So I can't just be like, yo, mama, be an artist. Just like support me, you know? So for me, it was just knowing that business and a world of capitalism is going to be here and getting in that because that's, I think, where the safeness is as a, an adult is being involved in some kind of business sort of brain. So I just went to school for it, sales and marketing, been doing it for like 15 years. So, so that way with the creative side, I could be creative, but have that comfort of knowing that like, at least my basic needs are met Mm -hmm. and I don't have to worry about the future and things like that. And that's why I tell most young people too, is it's like diversify your portfolio, but diversify your skills because not every road is going to be straight to the goal. Like Mm -hmm. there's going to be twists and turns and you're going to have to find out a way to be, you know, basically have some ingenuity to get there. So just keep at it, but just do a lot of different things so that way you're not struggling that much, you know? Yeah, no, 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 that's fire. And as far as I think one of the biggest things that you talked about earlier was like networking. Um, How important is networking and what advice would you give to somebody who's lacking in that area of networking? I think you got to just figure out your, like your elevator speeches, right? Like it's a sales tactic. Like when you're going out, don't necessarily go out to just be an opportunist. But, like, go out and show that you're just down for the labor of love. So if there's some things that you're interested in and you see that there's events that are going on, just go out and support and then just figure out who's running the event and say, you know, I want to be a part of it. How do I get involved in this? What can I do to, like, have some part in it? And that's just the first step, honestly. Just be there and then ask questions and figure out who you can talk to. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, for sure. Um, So... You are a female DJ. <laughs> Please give me a dissertation on the current state of no. <laughs> but as somebody in this space, have you um, ran into any type of? Because I know you, you keep saying yeah, these, the guys they brought mm. me in, mm-hmm. they got me in. Um, well, have as a as a woman in this space, um, what have you, have you ran into any pitfalls because of that or any doors? either closed or open because of it? Mm. Yeah, for sure. It's been on both sides. So I I don't think that I had to prove myself to a lot of the male DJs that I knew who were like big DJs locally because I had been in this scene for so long prior to actually becoming a DJ. Uh, I think it's not me proving to the male DJs. It was me having to prove myself to the male audience members or like male people or like men that were in music spaces. Like I remember like me and a homeboy were doing a, a show together and he was just the sound guy. And we showed up to the same event. I was like the star DJ and the guy that ran the venue was like looking directly at him like, Oh, like you're the DJ. Right. And I was like, no, <laughs> it's me. I'm the DJ, you know? So it's, that's been the hardest thing is basically other people outside of, you know, or also just the fact that people are still shocked to see a female DJ. Like I do events even like a month ago and people were like, yo, I've never seen a girl DJ in Omaha. And I was like, Shorty's been DJing since like the beginning of time. Like you've never seen her DJ, you know? Um, but the opportunities there have been immense because it's, you know, you're in a city that is for one, it's mostly white men in general. So that's like the huge demographic of, you know, male DJs. And then it's just like, there's not a lot of active women DJs too. So overcoming that being not only like, you know, a female, but also a black and brown female in this space is, you know, 
been kind of a good thing because people are like, we're trying to get away from like cisgendered white dudes in general. So if we can get you into this LGBT event, like Mm -hmm. even though you're not in the community that way or you're not queer identifying, you are at least, you know, closer to the goal (laughs) essentially, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But then also just with experiences with like Omaha Girls Rock where they're like, can you do a showcase so you can show girls that like you don't have to look a certain way or be a certain guy or whatever to be a DJ, like, cause you can't be what you can't see. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's kind of been the benefit of being a girl DJ locally. That's what's up. I think, uh, also just, uh, for most people in like not, uh, technology advancing probably helped a lot of us. So we don't got to carry no damn crates <laughs> around. Cause those shits are heavy. Right. I'm not. I've done one vinyl set and I was like, y'all, y'all got me for 30 minutes. I'm bringing like 10 <laughs> records. I know exactly what they are and y'all are just going to get what you get. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Those are rough. So I'm thank you. Thank you for the uh, advancement in, in tech, uh, Serato. And, right. And DJ for all of them. So um, what are some of the, I think, uh, when it comes to like events, what are some of the ones that you kind of relish to do the most? Like, what are the what are the ones that kind of light you on fire as a DJ? Like, what is uh, what is it that you see? If you could do this, you'd be set for life. Like, that's the shit I like to do. I love to do. That's hard because a part of me really wants to say like those small community events that bring us all together. But like, my ego's like big productions, like <laughs> like College World Series, Maha, like you know, opening up for artists, like, that to me is, you know, it It feeds me a different way than the smaller events do, but it feeds me into, like, I'm here, and, like, mm-hmm. I've worked hard to get to this spot, and, like, I'm doing these big things, you know? So mm-hmm. I do love the big productions, because, you know, now that Drake's in the house music, book me, dude. Like, right. let me open up <laughs> for you. Let me do big festivals, because that's, like, I mean, that's kind of where we're all trying to take it, right? All right, for sure. I, I know one of my dream uh, gigs is I just want a good 20-minute set of black mosh pit shit at Afropunk. Hell yeah. Like, that's it. I yep. got a whole, it's going to be a lot of hip, but it's like hardcore bangers ready to fly. And I do, that's that's something I just want to do. That's like on my bucket list. Like, give me a set. Let's do it. Just one big set. Let's pitch it. We can make it happen because I'm down for that too. Hey, listen. We got two of us, so we need 40 minutes, and we're going back and forth, and we're going to give them a breather for about 30 seconds in between, and it's going crazy. I better drink some water. <laughs> Slow down on the pills. <laughs> water Gatorade. And, uh, oh, no, I can't. I can't. Johnny told me not to throw all my ideas out because I'll be having all kind of shit ready to go. Don't, because people will take them in a heartbeat. Right. But we got some shit we working on. But uh, oh, what is your – speaking of Drake and this – I kind of want to just even just the state of music right now. Um, it's it's very interesting watching. I've watched the ebbs and flows of music, especially like in the hip hop space, because that one's a little more volatile as far as how we shift the music from like boom bap to it's kind of like pop hip hop to the early 2000s where it was everything, which is a great time in hip hop. That shit was going crazy. Um, to going into the trap sound, to getting into like funk and soul, and I think we're kind of in a shift right now from trapping to. I like to separate trap music from user music, mm. but and then now we're shifting. I think again to where we've had funk and soul, which gets you back into house. Uh, what is your perception of where music is, or if hip hop is shifting, or are we just kind of blending everything, or are we going to that universal sound? getting back to like a house sound because everything repeats itself. What do you think music is at this point? And especially like in the hip hop space, where do you think we're at? I think it's everything, honestly. Like I was just having this conversation with somebody the other day um, about like when they do shows, especially shows that are for like 23 year olds and 24 year olds. A lot of them are into that like emo rap where it's Mm -hmm. like not necessarily too beat focused it's just like very vocal focused Mm -hmm. and to me it reminds me of like kind of being an emo kid in my teenage years listening to like my chemical romances and lincoln park and it's like that kind of like 
language of being angsty, but it's now in hip hop. Mm-hmm. Um, so that like there's that piece, but then there's that piece of people trying to get really, really back to the roots of lyricism and that sort of boom bap style. But then also me with like a very heavy like I listen to a lot of like world like music from different countries. Mm-hmm. But even like the hip hop over there that's heavily derivative of ours, you can see it too in sort of their hip hop. Mm. So like France, you have a lot of the electro right now, mm. um, like your Stromae and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then you've got like in, you know, Tokyo, it's back to that boom bap sort of sound. But then like in Seoul and Korea, it's kind of more soul and funk. So I don't think necessarily it's more in waves anymore that we see it i think because there's so much out there everyone just kind of doing their own thing honestly and that's why you got drake doing house music now Mm -hmm. because it's like everyone's just kind of doing whatever because there's so many artists out there and how do you set yourself apart from everyone else you kind of just have to do your own thing and make it unique that's why Lil Nas x is here Mm -hmm. because he was like all right i'm gonna try something new and do country and rap and now he's in all these different things so i don't think that there's a set direction i think it's just people trying to find the most way they can be like the most unique and different in combining styles you know yeah uh, i hear you it was interesting i heard somebody make a point that drake he lets you know where he's been visiting by the album he drops (laughs) so he's like oh he's been all around the world lately because he's like oh he must have been in uh, georgia and texas at the other album he must have been in uh ghana and them at the other which he was and then he goes and kind of produces that music but um, I don't know. I'm kind of excited. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, you know, I have some of my style is similar to your style in some retro, in some aspects. So just finding those hidden gems or those up tempos, getting up to the 120s again and, you know, 115 to 130s, like, that shit is fun. Like, that's the. Exactly. You, you that's know. where the heart, that's like, that's where they say that, like, people love, like, house music. It's like, when you hit that, like, 120 to, like, 124 BPM and you're dancing, it's the same heart rate beat. Mm-hmm. And that's why people mess with it so heavy because you just get that sort of full body experience. But yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I mean, I, like I said, like, playing music for, like, 23 year old, 24 year olds right now in the club and I'm, like, 34. It's like, it's kind of hard to find some music that's, like, hip hop that has sort of more up-tempo dancing because it is sort of that like emo sort of like trap right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of happy to see more of like phony people style stuff mm-hmm. come up, you know, because you can dance to it and it's still hip hop essentially to me, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just, there's so much music out there. It's just it's narrowing it, narrowing it down to anything or pigeonholing it anywhere. Is It's not, it's not, I can't do it anymore, you know? Yeah. How do you, uh, this is going to be one of my, I, I guess, I don't guess that's my last question, one of my last, but how do you stay authentic in these spaces? There's a lot, I feel like, I'm not going to say there's pressure, but especially in a city like Omaha, it's very, um, it's, it's slow in the in the regard of catching on or and also slow in the regard of catching something new and fresh that you haven't experienced we don't we don't move on things we don't know mm. it's a, and that's a city thing you can tell by our design all that right we don't move on things we don't know right how are you able to kind of stay authentic and and make your way as a uh, kind of a a trailblazer in a sense and how you dj and the music you decide to play like how has that been like what what keeps you going as a person who's an individual in this game i think i just have a really strong core value and the things that i believe in and so when things don't drive because because i'm always authentic and i don't ever have like bad energy around me you can't say that you know crab and gucci's out here doing this in the streets there's like no bad things around me that when i say something and i do something people kind of take heed in that because i'm not i'm always real you know even if there's things that like people may not agree with that i say it's just like that's just what you're gonna get like in this day and age i'm there's no point in being fake so authenticity wise it's it's a wide game for me because you know i'll be down at culture house playing shows but then i'll be at west shores out west in rich white peopleville Mm. playing things and i'm nothing if not honest like i'll have people that are like yo, can you play Ignition by R. Kelly? No, the hell I will not. And then I have to tell them that this is why. And if you don't like it, that's fine. Or I'll be playing Bar 39 in Blackstone, which median age is like 23. And kids will want to like ask me to play stuff. And I'm like, yo, 
I'm not going to. It's 1.30 and I have an idea of how I'm going to finish this set mm-hmm. and I'm not Spotify. Like, you can go listen to songs on command in your car. Like, I'm not a jukebox, you know? And I think because of that, people kind of just take heed to it, I think. So I think just having that, like, core value for me is honestly the only way that I can keep authentic i think is i think that hopefully that answers the question oh yeah i lost my train of thought there for a second too um or like when i'm like doing weddings where it's like i notice with some of the weddings that i've done for people and it's usually people that have heard me dj that ask me to do their wedding i don't do a lot of weddings for people that are just like yo i need a dj i need a dj like mostly there's some connection there right but then there's there's like those kind of weddings where i'm like yo your entire like group of people that you've invited are all white like i'm not playing get up stand up by bob marley i know it's on your list but i'm not playing that song for an all-white audience and i'll tell them i'll just be like listen as the only like black and brown person here and knowing what that kind of song means to my community at this all-white establishment i am not doing it you know so it's just letting people know where i stand and if you're not with it then there's other people you can go listen to you don't have to listen to me so I think with that and just being deep in the community and in in a professional sense with the symphony in the sense with like, you know, even like the white labels in Omaha that I did music journalism for, but then also being deep in like my roots in the black community as well. Like people just trust me, I think. And I think that having that trust is kind of what solidifies how I have my core values, you know, Mm, for sure. Yeah, I'm with you. (laughs) You know, I'm with you. Because I think that's the thing is, I think we kind of sabotage each other with that and not being able to stay authentic because we see other people in our environment not doing it and people are just like, well, so-and-so. Okay, that's so-and-so. Book <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. Or just, you know, it's just, it's 2022. Like, there's no reason to be fake or anything. So if I tell people certain things, it's just, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Just take it, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I often tell people like I can as a DJ like I can do what you can do, but you can't do what I can do, just from catalog and not, you know, understanding. You know, I'm not gonna do everything just because it's popular. That doesn't make it good. Mm-hmm. That don't make it right. So, man, for sure. Yeah, it is trust because I think now that I think about your question again and sort of how that leads Omaha forward. Like, for the most part, I think because I'm always educating people on new things, like. Like I was telling people the other day, like I was throwing K-pop dance party in like 2015, mm. and I was like heavy in K-pop in like the late 2000s, you know, to early to mid like 2015 era. So I was throwing K-pop dance parties, and people were like, "Yo, what is this?" And I was just like, "If you know, you get it," because there's a huge fan base out there. And so I was throwing these parties, and people were coming out like, "Yo, this sounds tight." I'm like, "Yeah, it's just pop music or hip hop music, just in a different language." Like I don't know what the fuck young thug says most of the time but i'm still rocking with what he's saying you know and his music so <laughs> you don't have to understand what they're saying to like vibe with it and then like a few years after that that's when like bts blew up that's when you know all these k-pop groups were playing coachella and i was just like see if y'all just trust me and listen to me and trust in my skill as a dj and the sounds that i you know i'm telling you is good then yo you'd be on it before everybody else is too you know so and yeah (laughs) how this just leads me to this like how annoying is it for people to think that you're their uh personal playlist like get the fuck back yo some dude tried to boo me one time and i i was cracking up i was at bar 39 again because these kids don't know any better and i was like sometimes i will take requests because the thing is is within reason what you're requesting i'm going to play like if it it's I'm going to play Bad Bunny. Like it's I have I'm about to buy a shirt that says I already played Bad Bunny. Like because that's the request now. But like um when I'm like not wanting to do anymore, I'm I'll get on the mic. I'll be like, Yo, I'm Kyrie Gucci. I'm your outstanding DJ award winner in Omaha. Like I've been in this game for ten years. I'm curating a vibe. I'm not taking any more requests. And some like kid in front of my booth, which like he was like boo, and I just cut the music and I was like, You can leave. You did not pay to get into this show. This is a free club event. There are plenty of establishments on Harney or Farnham that you can go to. Like, you don't have to be here. And he was like, oh. <laughs> like, see, you thought I wasn't going to call you out about that. Um, so it does get annoying, but I just, I make them know. I let them know as soon as they come to the booth. Like, this is why I get paid to do what I do. You come back here and you figure out how to work this. Oh, there's training involved. Oh, you have to learn skills. You have to find music. You got to pay for music. So you're saying this is like a job. So 
maybe let me do my job, you know? So yeah, it gets tiresome, but like I said, at this point, like I just let him know. I had a dude walk into an event I did, and it was like him and his friends, and I saw them walk in, go to the bar, and he came to me, and it was like a two-minute window, and he's like, can you play such and such? And I go, did you just walk immediately in here and immediately try to get me to play a song for you? Like, you haven't even heard the full extent of what I could do in two songs. Like, this song hasn't even finished since you walked in here. And he's like, no, you're right. I'm like, yeah, I know. And then he didn't approach the booth after that. So I just let him know what it is. For sure. Funny story. So you, we were, you were playing at the Slowdown. That was that night, wasn't it, Johnny? Uh, Friday. Yeah. So, and this kid was like, oh, man, uh, I don't know. I, I want to hear something. I was like, what do you want to hear? You know, just something, uh, you know, just something. I'm like, what do you want to hear? Be specific. I don't know. You know, some some oldies, a throwback, maybe like uh like what? Like, I don't know, like T-Pain. I said, first of all, that's not a throwback, bitch. And then second, I said, can you just wait? You haven't been here long. Mm -hmm. Just listen. And next thing, I think like right after he said the next track, he was like, oh, this is what I said. I'm like, just wait. Bruh, <laughs> I cannot. Like, I don't get how you could be that. For me, it's like if you're in a bar full of people, how, do you, how can you be that self-centered to see people dancing and be like, yo, I want to change this vibe real quick for me? You know, like for my personal taste. Like I told that guy, I was like, I am not Spotify. Like you have that. There are apps, get title, go to your car. If you're trying to vibe to that. Cause people make wild requests and I'm like, I'm not going to play that. And they're like, play something I can dance to. Do you not see this entire group of people here dancing? dancing? Gyrating. Hips. Exactly. It's like, cause everyone, the thing is, is people don't respect the game of DJing cause they don't understand all of what goes into it. And they think that you're just up there just like hit next and not knowing that there is a skill behind it. Mm -hmm. And until people start collectively educating them on, no, this takes time and practice, mm -hmm. then, you know, we'll have some people respect us, you know? I think what also added to that was just the introduction of streaming. Like at least back in the day, you had still had to buy your music. So if you heard a DJ, you know they had to go get this shit. Mm -hmm. they, like even now we have like um, we have crates we can go sub crate subscriptions we can get and you know get a bunch of music. We still never has everything that you really want. Right. But back there was no such. You had to go in there and spend money. Mm -hmm. And it, up until the the recent boom in the internet, probably around twenty twelve. Like, we didn't have access to a bunch of shit. Yeah, like, buy a whole CDs for two tracks that you mm -hmm. want to play because you can't buy single tracks or download single tracks mm -hmm. or whole records that you have to just get for one song. Right, you without, know? without risking a virus from LimeWire. <laughs> the Napster virus, <Yeah>. right? <laughs> so, it's, 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 I think that has kind of, this generation has no understanding and thinking that, oh, I could just request this and they can pop it up. I'm like, fam, we're in the middle of somewhere with no internet. Right. I don't even understand. I have this on my laptop or on a hard drive right now. What I got is what I got, which I kind of love. That's the old school feel of I have my crates. Yeah. If it ain't here, it ain't here. So it's, you know, I know you can connect sometimes, but every you don't have internet access. Hell, the best paying gigs, you're probably not going to have internet access. Put my ass on a yacht. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't want internet. I got it. You're going to get what you get. And that's like, that's the thing too. It's like I, like I said, I'm real with all of them. Like, I get paid for this and I get paid decently for it and I have recognition because I'm good at my job. So like, let me show you how good I can make this happen, you know? So, and I only do that at the, again, like those crowds of young kids that just have never been anywhere mm -hmm. and they turned 21 during the pandemic. So they're just, you know, <laughs> getting to that point where they're like, oh, okay, this is what club culture is. Like, so it's just me being old auntie yelling at him like, no, this is not what we do out here. You respect the DJ. You can pay him maybe if you want to hear a certain track, they will accept tips. Mm -hmm. Or if you just wait, you might actually hear what you're trying to hear anyway, because again, I've already played Bad Bunny. Yeah. Titled this episode that I have already played Bad Bunny. Already played, got you. It's done. I already played Bad Bunny. I already man. played Bad Bunny because that is that is that was the only dude that requested something at CWS. Oh, really? yeah. Some dude. I was like, let me get my glasses on because it was on his phone, and I was like, I bet you it's Bad Bunny. And as soon as I walked up, it was Bad Bunny, and I was like, the hold that that man has on every demographic right now is like insane. It's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. I. Luckily, I play the hood club sometimes, so I, I don't get no bad bunny requests. But no, nah, shit, I got it in the tuck. Best believe we got the whole CD. Just you wait, because you know Drake did a song with Bad Bunny, yeah. so 
just wait. He's about to pull. He's about to bust out his reggaeton album. Oh. I'm telling you. You think that was next? A hundred percent. It has to be. That's one of the few things left. Exactly. That is because you know when he did like the control album. That's when he was like in his patois feels for a little bit. Like he's getting into it because that's like the most played genre I think of the last couple of years mm-hmm. has been reggaeton. So you know he's about to pop in. Just wait. You got to go get that back too. Hell, matter of fact, we're going to call it him and Bad Bunny. When he does, they're going on tour together, and it's going to be the biggest shit in the history of music. Listen, the aliens, if they're here already, they are booking tickets to that show. <laughs> they are coming through for that show in particular. Elon Musk is getting them on the spaceship. It's happening. <laughs> I bet you. Yeah, man. You got anything for us? We just. <laughs> no, nah, man. I think that you know the flow of the conversation is where Yeah, it's at, man. man. Uh, shit. Before we get out of here. I got to ask, what does Crab have uh, coming up? What you pulling out the bucket? What you got coming up? Shows, gigs, what we got? I have to think about it because my schedule is... Let me pull out mine. It's my. deep. I know. I'm trying to think without being that person. that's like, let me check my calendar. Um, I mean, I got a bunch of stuff coming up. So I do stuff with Benson First Friday every month. So... Again, if you're trying to get into community and figure out where the arts are and where Omaha is going, like Benson First Friday, outside of Culture House is like the other place that I would say. Follow their lead and see what they're doing. So every first Friday in Benson on Maple Street, um, I'm there doing stuff either with the community or DJing. So that's at Shakedown Street. Uh, That'll be Friday, July 1st, or again, any first Friday of the month. Um, Trying to think. So many things coming up. Cause symphony stuff's coming up too, so that's mm-hmm. also at the forefront of my brain. Right. Um, Barthur and I am there twice a month. I'll be in Benson at the end of July, like July 23rd. Um, I'm doing Henry, Henry Dorley Zoo's annual fundraiser, so I'll be uh, DJing at Desert Dome. So mm. You're playing all uh, Arabian? What are we doing? Yeah, right, exactly. I'm playing all the some deep... Bollywood? Some deep Bollywood cuts <laughs> in the Desert Dome. Um Women Who Run Nebraska, I'm doing their fundraiser coming up too. So so like the, that's the mix, the big productions, but also the community stuff that like I kind of vibe with where it's like, what's a unique thing? How can I bring my talents to better the community or people? Mm-hmm. So I think those are my two major ones right now. Gotcha. Are you on Maha this year? No. Everyone's... I, I wish, but you know, they can't have... You can't have like the same band every year on every festival, so... No, just uh, just as a request for Johnny, we got to get backstage to meet Princess Nokia. Listen, I'm already on that for my sake. So if I get it figured out, I will let y'all know. <laughs> we'll get it. We'll make it happen. But there's also only so many places she can kick it outside of Omaha. So we're probably going to see her. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Omaha. It's Omaha. Like someone's going to be like, well, she's like, where should I kick it? And she's going to end up somewhere we already know. So I got my finger on the pulse. I'll let you know. Yeah. If I see her, I'm going to just send a mass tech. Not mass. It's going to be about three people. <laughs> here now right we'll see i don't know that that's what that they need to get better at doing too is like backstage access i think maha hasn't really figured out a way to do that yet um because even when i played last year it was like they had their vip section that was close to the stage but mm-hmm. usually you can get like backstage meet and greets occasionally at other shows but i don't think they figured out that part yet so but nope hopefully i'll be there in uh, maybe a few more years we'll see Myself, just have a whole Crabber and Gucci like hour block where it's actually just me DJing, you know? Yeah, man. Not just not that in between shit kind of pissed me off. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, because they didn't tell you every time they were coming up to speak. Exactly. I was there with Ed. Yeah. Like, this is just a mad weird. Right now. But you know. well, I even told them too. I was like, what they need to get better at is like when we did the year of the trailer where they actually announces there's dance parties on, you know, because because I when I went to. Um, Fuck Yeah Fest in LA in 2017 mm-hmm. they had is the LA Coliseum so they had like the main big stages and then they had like the inner ring section where there were DJs that were throwing dance parties like as other sets were going on so I was like I went from like this Berlin DJ that I love he was DJing and then I went from there to Majid Jordan and then I came back and saw another DJ that I liked that played and then I went to Erica Badu after that you know and I was like that's tight like that way people have those pockets and I think that's why they're doing the silent disco now mm-hmm. but I think they need to do like a real like just section of dance parties so if you're not you know interested in two people all together two artists back to back you can at least go to a dance party mm-hmm. you know so she just gave him the sauce yeah ain't gonna take it I already I, I know her there see Emily you better not take my idea it's recorded. <laughs> we got timestamps. Good, good. We got timestamps. But man, I definitely uh, 
appreciate you coming and dropping some everything, some wisdom, some convo, man. I yeah. Greatly appreciate it, man. Yeah, no, you like a, a, a super dope person. Like, you know, like, uh, you like, I don't got too many people who I want to be friends with, but you like the type of person where you like, yeah, you'll be a real cool homie. Yes. Like, you know, like you got perspective, you analyze things, you a thinker, you observant, like, and you witty. So, thank you. Yeah. That's in my all my my LinkedIn bio, all those things you just said. <laughs> oh, that's that, that was you with the uh, clubhouse bio, putting all this extra shit. I'm really, I'm a thinker. Exactly. <laughs> all those things. Hey, but before we go, please, we got to get some merch because yo, that your merch gonna go could go so stupid. I know your shit could go stupid. Uh, well, because I and Gucci. I know. Well, that's it. Everyone's like, "Where are your shirts at? Where are your stickers at?" I'm just like, oh, "Bad." Because baby shit. That's the thing, though, is that like I think the reason why I've been able to go so far is I don't have the ego of a normal DJ. Like I'm not out here like I'm the hottest on the block. I just do things and people are into it, and I don't. So it's hard for me to actually have that promotion, self promotion to start making stuff. But I need to start doing it. Man, I just I'm, my ideas are just going stupid. So you got to have your Crab and Gucci logo earrings dangled. <laughs> And I just thought, like, what if you get the partnership with Gucci and there's a little crab at the bottom of the Gucci frame? I'm just saying this shit. All right. I'll, I'll let me book you first. You know, we don't we don't yeah. take ideas for free. Let's yeah. you know, we pay people. I yeah, don't I don't know there. who's over at Gucci. I forgot. Uh, that's a is Dapper Dan with Gucci. I think I was, so. Yeah, I think so. Dapper Dan hit us up. This shit going to go hard regardless. No. I don't know Dapper. I can't like this. Don't go. I'm gonna put him in a tag. Dapper yeah, right. Dan. Dapper Dan, what's up? At Dapper Dan. At actually, Jadena's probably on some Gucci. At Jadena. Right. We adding everybody. Bad Bunny getting the at. <laughs> Bad Bunny and Crab and Gucci. Yeah, let's do that collab right there. Shit, that that logo already going hard. Mm. I'll make it happen. We'll see. We just gonna make it and put it out there like that dude did for the Will Smith shit. <laughs> It worked. It worked. What the fuck we talking about? And we up here scared and shit. Right. Like or that one dude that took pictures of other famous Instagram pictures and made it art gallery pieces. Did you hear about that dude? Uh-uh. This this fool, this was like I think like five years ago. What he did is he took really, really popular Instagram photos mm-hmm. of celeb like cele- that celebrities posted that got like millions of views. He screenshotted it and printed it on canvases and then had a gallery showing and people bought that shit. <laughs> I was like, um, the scamming game has gone up. Like so he of course he got like sued because they're like, Oh, well, it's other people's art. He's like, no, nah, because I credited them <laughs> in the canvas. <laughs> I was like, I, all right, oh, all right. If he said, no, see, I put my at over top so it's not, you know, I can use it. It's fair use. Exactly. It's fair use they shit. Exactly. That's crazy. Did he win? Who? He didn't lose the suit, did he? No, I don't think he did, no. Fair use? Mm-hmm. Damn, who got he, some Because he credited them and everything, but it was just like while the, like, somebody came up with that, and it was like, damn, that's right, though. I could just do that. Just stick some screenshots and print. And he had like a whole, I'll have to find it and send you the link. Because I was cracking. And of course, it was like some just white dude that was like, <laughs> let me scam the system real quick. And it worked. Down there in eyeballs, our bodies were just racking up. Yeah, right. Miami just racking up. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you want that Picasso, man? Fucking look at this shit I got over here. <laughs> right. It's Kylie Jenner's Instagram tweet from 2014 that's got 8 billion you know, likes on it. Buy the shit for $10,000. Because it after that, like the way art works, is that because it was such a big deal, it went up even more in value because it was a thing around it. It's just, bro, I could go into a whole conversation about how the art, the art world is just raggedy. But and, and I just listened to Lupe Fiasco's interview with uh, I think it was Hot ninety seven, and Lupe paints, so he actually painted his album cover for his most recent album he just dropped, and he said he's. You know, people are like, oh, Lupe's quiet. What is he doing? Like, he sold a painting for $275,000. I said, huh? <laughs> what? Let me let me do something. Listen, it's it's there's a lot to do with it. There's a whole money laundering idea behind how art works, and that's why it's so expensive. Like, I was just, like, deep, deep in a book about, mm. mon- like, money laundering in the art world and why things are priced so expensive, you know? So... Was like even look at Banksy when he even did that shredding picture. Mm-hmm. It, he was like it got more like value after I was trying to prove a point of y'all not selling my shit. Right. <laughs> it became more expensive. Yeah, that's crazy. Bro. Yeah, 
Man, but it was a shit. It was a lovely conversation. As always, we always have a good ass time with you. I ain't gonna lie, I always have a good time talking to you. I'm not gonna lie. We now we usually talk shit too. So yeah, then, yeah, we left the shit talking alone today. <laughs> Just because the mic, the camera's on. As soon as the camera's off, fuck you niggas. Yeah, exactly. I got shit, some, some shit to say. Uh, Patreon event. Guess uh, <laughs> on Patreon exclusive. That's a Patreon exclusive. We might not blank y'all names out. <laughs> okay, you get a free Crabber and Gucci shirt. Subscribe to the Patreon. <laughs> get money. Mm. 2024 Crabber and Gucci shirt. Mm. Get it now. But yeah, man, we definitely appreciate you coming through. Uh, blessing the mic and telling, you know, just chopping it up with your fellas, you know. It's good to have a... Uh, a young woman in the space, you know, we get a few from time to time, but we we love having y'all here and just having you here and just a veteran in the game, you know, 10, that's 10 to get in, so now you in there, so. Mm. I got to retire, like share. <laughs> you just going to hang it up after you? Do a comeback tour in two years. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, reunion, that's hot and shit, that shit going to sell out. <laughs> but man, we definitely thank you for coming through. Uh, we look forward to everything you got going, and we got to do some shit together soon we do we're gonna make it happen but yeah where can they find you at at crab rang gucci on instagram it's crab rang gucci and then at dj crab rang gucci on facebook i don't have snapchat i'm too old i can't do it i tried i've snapped one snap (laughs) i didn't even snap a snap i just wrote some messages to two people Mm. and that was it I, I tried to get back on. I think I downloaded it when it first came out and then a couple of years ago because all these young kids were like, you got Snap? I'm like, that's still going on? Hmm. I tried it. It's not working for me. No, Snapchat just a sex app. <laughs> <laughs> or is this one of those, uh, what is it, the Russian scams where they're just trying to get your facial recognition? <laughs> Knowledge bar right there. Drop a bomb. We ain't got no bomb. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we appreciate you coming, man. Thank you. It's been a fun one, man. It's your boy Giddy Jicky with it. It's your other host, Johnny. We out of here. Peace. The beats, the beats, the flow, the flow, the rhythm, the rhythm. All movements start from the streets. Streets, the streets, saying our podcast.